0: Look, beauty of technology doesn't happen. So, y'all turn over here to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I thought we sang about it two or three times already in two or three songs, so. How many of us, how many of us have trained our children And how many of us as children uh, were trained, I guess I should say training, you were trained to value persistence. Just exactly what is it you're going to do that's worth doing without persistence? And how many of us really relished when we were learning persistence? Not generally. Not generally. It's easier for just like running fast. It's easier for some folks and it is others. But persistence is a good thing. Persistence is a good thing. We've talked about uh, what's written in the Scripture and more importantly, how do you read it and do you read Scripture? And these are all kingdom-related things. These are all kingdom-related things. You think anybody's going to abide in the kingdom without Scripture? He has transferred us from the dominion, delivered us from evil and transferred us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Do you think any, you suppose any of that took place without scripture? And none of that took place without scripture. You don't have the scripture and and a uh, proper redemptive attitude toward it. You don't get any of those things. Well, this is the nature of the kingdom. You don't, you don't get the kingdom in your midst. You don't get the kingdom within you. You don't have that and leave scripture out. So scripture is really important. And it's not just scripture. What is it? It's your attitude. How do you read it? That's the question. It's not rhetorical. It's just to be repeated. How are we reading it? How are we approaching Scripture? Not what language are you saying out loud. How are you approaching it? How are we approaching it? In humility? Is God talking? Is he revealing the secrets of eternal life? Is he he offering us a way that leads to life? Is he offering us eternal life itself? Is he offering us a, a way of life that is in and according to his light? Is he offering us a way of life where sin holds no dominion? Where the bondage of sin is loosed and broken for us? Or has he got a really thick book full of a whole bunch of rules for you to follow? Which would be fine and dandy if that would do anything, but that doesn't do anything. <laughs> giving rules to people who break rules doesn't do any good. You can't attain righteousness. So giving sinners more laws and more commandments doesn't do them any good. What you give them is rescue, and the kingdom the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his son that he loves, is our rescue from the dominion of darkness. And mark it down, scripture is a huge, a huge integral part of that. And not just the scripture, because it's always all true all the time. It's how do you read it? And then we dealt this morning with a little bit, and, and this little short section we read here about Martha. This is not in here to damn Martha's soul. He ain't damning Martha's soul. Martha made a mistake. Martha got caught up in what's physical and doesn't last long and sometimes tastes better than it did the day before and sometimes it, she got caught up in supper and having people at her house. If it had been somebody else's house, Martha, Martha might not have been in the swivet. She'd have probably been at his feet. But here we are The burden falls to her. How many times does that happen? Am I the only one in here? When it's Brandon's responsibility, man, it ain't no sweat for me. It's it's when I'm feeling the burden and the mash of it. It's it's when however the conversation or the study or the engagement or the thing goes, when it's my responsibility, not when it's Brandon's. When it's Brandon's, I'm just ready to help however no, no pressure, no big deal. It's easier to fall prey when the stress is on us. I think Martha felt the stress. She fell prey to it. The thing that was important was the king is in the house. Now, as maybe Todd and I, somebody was chatting this morning right afterwards, the thing, the thing that Martha does, it's not Jesus doesn't like supper and he doesn't like preparations. I think if you're going to battle, count the cost. I think if you're cooking supper, look in the pantry. I get that from Jesus. He would be for that. What's wrong with Martha is her attitude about it. She's worried and upset about many things, and probably the last thing on the list, really and truly, may be supper. The biggest thing she won't hush about is Mary's not helping. That's the thing. It almost appears to me Martha's concerned about Martha. None of that attitude, that attitude brings you back to here. This is not a kingdom attitude. Martha's not having the kingdom attitude because when you have the kingdom attitude, who is your focus on? Who is your concern with? It's the king. It's the king. And as soon as, as the king is not my focus and my attitude is not in his presence and toward his purpose for the kingdom and for me in the purpose, I appreciated Raymond's prayer. He prays that pretty often, by the way. Start paying attention to it if you miss it. Lord, help us with our part. The kingdom's not up to me. It's not based on me. But I got a part. I'm just looking for my part. And if I don't keep my attitude right, I ain't going to find it. And you don't, get, you don't get badges or credits for finding out how everybody else is misdoing their part. You just need to know yours and do it. So, tonight, we're going to engage something that's very much related. I think there's a reason the Holy Spirit put it right here right on the heels of everything he's been talking about, and it's prayer. Prayer. If you want the reign and the rule of Jesus in your life, if you want want the beef that's in your faith, if you want the transformation, then prayer... I'm convinced is just as big a part of it as Scripture. If prayer for you is this, Dear God, I want, I need, will you please Where's the kingdom? This sounds like a note that the king would leave on the door for some of the janitors or something. I want, I need, I'd like, would you please? This doesn't sound some like this doesn't sound like I'm approaching the throne. Is that all the kingdom is, is me manipulating God to get stuff that I want and that I think I need, since I don't know everything, since I think I know, since I think I need them and things that will bring me uh, pleasure and, and ease. Is that, is that what the kingdom is? It's this relationship where I manipulate God and gather all these things? That's carnals all get out. They ain't got anything to do with the kingdom. They ain't got anything to do with God. So interestingly enough, we have a simple deer here. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. I, always, I don't know an English version, and I'm talking about a legitimate, they stand up for it version, not some paraphrase something. I don't know an English version that doesn't have that in it, a certain place. A certain place. Jesus had a place, and he went to this place to do one thing. He didn't go there to balance the checkbook, he went there to pray. He went there to pray. I think there's something to, to that. It just, having a certain place does something for us. How many of y'all grown up in this congregation? Have you spent most of that time with this being the auditorium? This is just a certain geographic location in this town. But the second you walk through those doors, what happens? Every time. Wheels start turning. Now you, you don't, there, you can mark off 10 steps from the front door and you come 10 steps this direction And you could come in here and there could be nobody in here and that still would happen. Now what's the deal with that? Is this a magical place? Or is this a certain place? Everybody knew we was going to have worship at 5 p.m. this evening. Did anybody wonder where we was going to have it? Mm Mm-mm. Why? We're going to have it we'll always have it. We're going to have it in a certain place where we always have it. There's, there's this connection that you can build if you will get yourself a certain place. And maybe you need several. I have a few. You get yourself a certain place and you go to that certain place to spend time in the presence with the Father. This is what prayer is. Now, I'm giving you my two cents. Nowhere in Scripture can I think of, right off the top of my head, that the Bible literally says prayer is time spent in the Father's presence. But Jesus often prays Luke will say this, he usually prays, it's his custom to pray, he often prays, he went to solitary places, he went to lonely places, he went to the Mount of Olives. I don't know if he ever went to Gethsemane or the Mount of Olives, same place. I don't know if he ever went there for anything other than to pray. But he went there often and he went there often to pray. And they haven't walked 200 yards in that direction and the apostles already know what's gonna happen. But you don't need a certain place to pray. You just pray wherever you're at. I don't believe that. Get you a certain place to pray. Just try it and see. It's just my, it's just my two sins. I think the scripture will bear that out. Jesus had places and he had times. And, and he went and he often went by himself where he wasn't going to be bothered. And he got there in the presence of the Father. So, one day Jesus in a certain place praying, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. That was a thing. Rabbis taught their disciples prayers. That's not the point of this, but if you're interested in that. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father. First thing, is that a big deal? What's this got to do with the kingdom? Where where in Judaism is this? Where in the law of Moses is it required that you address God as Father? Matter of fact, they're going to kill Jesus. They're going to kill Jesus, John chapter 5, because he calls God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Well, we're not equal with God. Well, we're in common with Him in the kingdom. Well, we're not His children. No, time out. Galatians three twenty six. For you were all all the Galatia, all the churches in Jesus Christ in Galatia. For we are all sons of God through faith. We are. We not. We are too. Don't you know, all of us who are baptized into Christ, Jesus have been clothed with Christ. He is the, We are sons of God, who is clothed, who are clothed with the Son of God, and God is our Father. Am I arguing about words, or is he planting thoughts in your mind? Already, what's prayer? What's prayer based on? What is, what is, what is Father? Father's Father to who? What are we talking about? We're talking about children. When we're talking about children and fathers, what do, we, what do we call that? We're talking about children and fathers. We're talking about relationship. That's what we're talking about. Father, already, first rattle out of the box. What, what am I acknowledging? The kingdom has brought me relationship with God himself. This is where I am. This is not a brag, this is a confession. Do you belong to God or not? Are you his covenant related child or not? If you're washed in the blood, you belong to him. He came to that which was his own, John 1, about verse 11 or 12, but his own would not receive him. That's the Jewish nation. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, his authority, he is king. All those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We're coming to prayer and all we're thinking about sometimes. I don't, I'm not fussing to anybody. I'm just a human being and a sinner. And I've been through this and I face this all the time and everybody else does too. I'm not jumping on anybody. And if you can't identify with a bit of this, peace. But I listen Not just this congregation. I listen to prayers, Brotherhood. I've been hearing prayers for all my life. And there's a whole lot of this going on. But every now and then, there's this attitude. I'm not damning anybody's soul. I'm pointing us in the direction of the kingdom. If we're going to come in the direction of the kingdom, our prayers need to be reflecting that we have a, a deliberate conscious awareness. Do we do, do we have, what do we have when we take the Lord's Supper? A deliberate conscious awareness of who? Jesus Christ. We need a deliberate conscious awareness of the Father. I don't know what you see in your mind when you say Father, but you've got to see something. you got to visualize something in your mind. Where are you? Are we in God's presence? The presence of the holy, almighty God who said, Let there be light, and there was light. Is, is, this, is that where we are? Men, brothers, when we're leading a prayer, are we standing in front of everybody, or are we in the presence of God Almighty? It's not a rhetorical question. Just ask it every time before you pray. Because thoughts about whether everybody's looking at you or not don't have anything to do with God. I'm encouraging us. See this from the aspect of the kingdom. Father, hallowed be your name. Not mine. This is to your glory, to your honor. Your kingdom come. This is not about the kingdom. This is all about the kingdom. The kingdom that is within me come. The kingdom that is amongst us come. The kingdom of God within you come. What is the kingdom? Where thy will is reigning. Where you are reigning. Where your will is done. Where your will reigns. Your kingdom come people have played the well, you can't pray that anymore cuz his kingdom's here. We're not you're not hearing the principle. I know the church of Christ is not here. That's not that's Luke 2. Over here in the book of Acts when that happens. But all all of all of Luke, all of Matthew, all of Mark and all of the gospel of John, these these letters that we have written to the church that give us Jesus in person, all of these are written All of these are written to to show and help us understand the the king himself and the nature of his kingdom. He's introducing something here, a relationship that the law of Moses didn't provide. Didn't know anything about this. Your kingdom come. Some, Some... Text, have your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, okay. (coughs) That's kind of the same thing. Give us each day our daily bread. In principle, what is that? Well, this is part of I need and I want. Yes. Do we want to starve to death? I don't. I don't even like skip meals. I mean, that's how people start dead, got started somewhere, they missed a meal. I don't even, what is this? It's just more of this. No, I'm dependent on you. I'm dependent on you. And I'm not trying to save up enough bread here that I don't be dependent on you. I'm on a very physical note. It's your oxygen I'm breathing. And if I get fed, I want you to feed me. I have anything to do with me working? Who's oxygen you breathing while you're working? It's God's. Okay, give us each day our daily bread. That's about as basic as you can get. I mean, I'm not going to get through life without you. Now, here's this deal: forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Sounds like to me. In figuring out the nature of the kingdom. Forgiveness is a big deal. Just had a long conversation with this, about this with some friends the other night. You know where forgiveness comes from? The idea of it. You know who invented the idea of forgiveness? The Father. The Father. You know what forgiveness is the product of? a result of love. Did we just have a story? Did we just have a story? 104 words before this? Need to love your neighbor? Well, you're going to have to write down who my neighbor is. Jesus said, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Go and do Likewise. Forgiveness is a big deal. We want it. We need it. It's it's I'd rather have forgiveness than bread. I can do without some bread. I can't do without some forgiveness, can you? Who could do without? You can't. I can't do five minutes. I can't do five seconds probably without forgiveness. You don't get you don't live without forgiveness. And the nature of the kingdom is not just me getting a bunch. That's why I'm just praying for daily bread. I'd like six months worth of bread. No, just for today. I just want forgiveness. I intend, I do not intend to be impacted by forgiveness. I do not want forgiveness reigning and ruling in my life. I don't want, I don't want God's forgiveness of me determining how I treat other people. Then you will never make it in the kingdom. You might need to check if you've even entered it because the kingdom's not on your terms and it sure ain't on mine. It's on God's terms. And forgiveness is a dynamic of the kingdom. As a matter of fact, forgiveness is actually a result of guess what? Jesus after he provided purification for sins, sat down at the right hand, on the throne, by the way, of the Father in heaven. See, Jesus is not king unless Jesus provides the avenue for this. And having provided the avenue for this and accomplished this, thoroughly, completely, totally Nothing lacking, he sat down. You know why he sat down? Because he was done with that. Now what's left? Just him to reign and rule. So when I'm coming to the Father, I can't live without him. He's my. You know why God is our Father? Because he paid the right to be. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right. You've got to have the right to become God's child. Jesus died to give us that right. In his blood to wash us free of sin and, and through his being, being uh, enthroned as king and having full authority and the father sending in his name the spirit of sonship to dwell within us. We've gone over this in men's class a lot. God washed away our sins, why? Because God intends to live within us. That's the kingdom. And forgiveness is a huge part of it. So see, the kingdom is not just us receiving. The kingdom is us participating in that. In that. It is. Father, how you've treated me, this is how I treat others. Not, Father, this is how you've treated me, and so I should treat others that way, but I refuse. That's not what he said. Forgive us because, far we're forgiving everybody else. Why? Because the kingdom is impacting our lives. It's, It's changing. It's changing our perception about Scripture. It's changing our perception about prayer. And prayer, all of this, all of this prayer that he gives us, every bit of it is based on the nature of the Father. He created every bit of this. Now, he used his son to do it, but this whole thing is a relationship. Anybody can read the Bible. Well, it's not going to be to them what it is to you if you're a child of God. That's your covenant. That's your adopted father talking. That's, that's, his, that's his transforming and powerful promises he's giving you. It's interesting and intriguing to anybody who would read it, anybody who reads it very long, to anybody who will accept it, then they get to get in on the deal. And then he says, and lead us not into temptation. But we're going to talk about persistence. Oh, right on the heels of this, he says in verse 5. He said to them, now suppose one of you, this is the nature of the kingdom. This is one of the dynamics of the kingdom. This is an aspect of the kingdom. It's called persistence. Your Bible may say that right there in the the margin in that blank spot beside verse 5. Your Bible may say persist. Mine does. It's a new Bible, but it's because I wrote it there. Suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and he says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine has come on a journey and he's come to me and I have nothing to set before him. I'm empty handed. It's almost like the daily bread and the forgiveness. I got nothing here. And then the one who's inside answers, don't bother me, the door's already locked and my children are with me in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, his persistence, Can't think of another version right off the top of my head. But his boldness, his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. How good a friend is God? There's three or four people. Anybody could go to, now you're going to have to to go to Brad's house in the middle of the night. You're going to have to get there about 1030. Because when you're up at two, it just don't take long for the night to be over. So you go to Brad's house at 12.45 a.m. To borrow something. Man, what are you doing? No, there's a list of about three or four people that Brad's real good friends with. And they know, don't bother him, unless it's really important. And those friends that he knows really well and that know him really well, if that friend is persistent, Brad knows, okay. No, if or whatever, I, it, it doesn't matter anymore. But because, because of your persistence, we already said that was a good thing. Y'all bought into that first. Persistence is a good thing. You know how you learn it? You do know how you learn it. <laughs> Y'all got stories about how you learn it. You don't quit and you keep going. That underlines how important something is to you sometimes, doesn't it? Stuff that doesn't require you to persist probably isn't that important. But if something's important enough, does it? Re- do you care how much persistence it requires? Mm-mm. And if you got a good friend, he knows that. and He'll get up and give you the bread, not just because you were the friend. You were the friend the first time you did it. But three or four times later, he's going to get up and give you whatever you need. Why? Because this is telling him, no, this is important to you. Do you think Brad's a better friend? How many of y'all think Brad wouldn't with a list of three or four people, I'm just kidding. There might be a list longer than that, but there's at least three or four people on that list. They keep knocking on his door. He's going to get up, and they're not going to get a punch in the face. They're going to get exactly whatever they want plus some. Y'all think Brad's a better friend than God? No. It's the point Jesus is making. Do We understand persistence in regard to our friends. Why don't we just let God be better than all of our friends? So he'll give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, verse 9, your Bible may also say more persistence right here. Because, well, I don't know, but mine does. Here, here he describes persistence. So I say to you, because I just told you this story, because I just gave you this prayer that's about the kingdom, I want you to persist in this prayer. Because I just finished telling you your attitude towards Scripture makes a difference. I'm I'm wanting you to persist in that. Persist in your attitude towards Scripture. Persist in your attitude toward prayer. Persist in your understanding and your acknowledgement of the relationship God has created with you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Persist in that. So I say to you, ask. See, people come over here, and all they want to read is verse nine and ten because to them it's just all a bunch of this. God's just my plaything, and I get whatever I want whenever I want it. Well, you hadn't read the first, you hadn't read the rest of Luke. How'd you get over here? You just materialized in chapter eleven, verse nine, with God running around doing everything you ask him to all the time. You skipped all this kingdom stuff. Ask in regard to what the kingdom, brothers and sisters. Seek in regard to what? The kingdom, brothers and sisters. Ask in regard to what? Your relationship with the Father, brothers and sisters. Seek in regard to what? Your relationship with the Father. Your understanding of the Father. Your dependence on the Father. Your willingness to be like the Father. Persist in that. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. It's not one time. What's he talking about? Persistence. How many times will I ask? Doesn't matter. I just keep asking. And I bet you a nickel the home donut hadn't read King James or the 1901 American Standard later, lately, but I bet you it's asketh, seeketh, and knocketh. Has anybody got King James with them tonight? Anytime you have an Old English and you have the E-T-H on a verb, that means it's present perfect tense in English. That means you just keep a doing it. You just keep asking. You just keep seeking. You just keep knocking. For a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter and won't last that you're crying about? No. For the kingdom. For, for an attitude towards Scripture that's redemptive. For an attitude that takes just a tiny little bit of Scripture I might have and just is nice and helpful to people that got beat up and left for dead on the side of the road for, for a, an understanding towards scripture that, that enables me to be like the Father, to show mercy, to be about forgiveness, not just having it, but showing it to be transformed by it. A, an attitude in a relationship. I got to ask, seek, and knock for this relationship that the Father is good all of the time. Cast all your anxieties on me, whether you got them worked on or not. If you got anxieties, bring them to the Father because he cares for you. Don't you take anything to the Father not acknowledging he cares for you. You wouldn't be in the Father's presence if he didn't care for you. We'd like God to hear our prayers. You know how God, bad God wants to hear your prayers? That's a cross, brothers and sisters. That's how bad he wants to hear your prayers. I'm not sure how to pray. Best thing to do with that is just talk to the Lord about it. He'll work you through it. He'll work you through it. So, I'm really going to stop there for tonight. The lesson goes on. We'll finish it some other time. But I'm offering to us, for me, Luke is tying all this together and he has tied every, everything everything he has taught us and offered us about Jesus, how he got here, what happened, who he is, where he came from, what he's done. How, how all of these things that, that Luke is laying out for us are, are letting us understand who the king is. and and what's the nature of the kingdom. It operates by His authority and His power. And all that is directly connected and the eternal intention of it is for it to connect us to the Father. The kingdom brings us a relationship with the Father because it offers to us His righteousness. It offers to us fellowship in common. It offers to us relationship. We are His adopted children. You know what they say the thing about adopted children is? Genetically, you just have them. But if you adopted them, you chose it. All of this happens because God chose it. Now, on the occasion that I come to God's presence, I've only been trying really hard to do this for 30 years. So I'm getting a handle on some of it. But on the occasion, I come into the Father's presence, and the first thing I do when I sit in the Father's presence, or I kneel in the Father's presence, is I go very rapidly and quickly through all of this in my mind. You know what happens to about seven out of the ten things I was going to ask for? they don't matter anymore. No, I'm just being transparent. I have prayed in the last three weeks or a month, and and I've told you all year, this is what I'm doing. And and it's dawning on me again. Jadon, it's not something new, it's just persistence. Just persist, Jadon, in what you've known for the last 25 years. Just persist in that. Father, not my will, but your will. You just use me. Just change my thinking. Change my attitude. Change my heart. Help help me consider how I'm reading scripture. When I come to his presence and I give him credit for everything he's done and said to give me, to offer to me his presence. There's been several times. I can't count them. I bet I couldn't count them on both hands. And I'm being honest. And when I get, get over here to, Father, I'm just asking you please. And I'm kind of down to just, Father, glorify your name. That's about how much I know about it, Lord. I don't know everything. I don't know what I need. I don't know what needs to be done. I don't know. Father, I don't know. I just know I need to persist. I know you're going to help me persist. You're helping me pray. The Spirit's interceding for me with groanings. I mean, I'm the me with groanings, and the Spirit's interceding. and, And, you know, there might be a bunch of things I want or I think I need, Father. But really, Father, I'm just asking you to glorify your name. Because if you're glorified, that's enough for me. I don't know if that helps you any. I hope all of this encourages you. When when, and I realize I've been sharing this kind of passionately tonight, if that caught you off guard, I apologize. I'm sorry. But two things, two things have changed my life, and I'll never get over it, and I don't want to get over it. And number one is how do I read Scripture, and number two is prayer. And sometimes they come in the other order. Sometimes it's prayer that straightens out how I read Scripture. So I'm offering to you tonight, if if life is overwhelming, or your life is just not like what you thought it was going to be or you wanted it to be, if your relationship with God's just not where you want it to be, uh, if you're. Why don't you start here? Why don't you, why don't you begin to have prayer in a certain place? Why don't you begin to have prayer based on certain. Jesus said, Here's what you say. How many times do we say what he said say? just interesting to me. We don't have to say the words. No, but I'd sure follow the principles. I mean, what would be wrong with following the principles? Let God do with prayer. I think we think a lot of times prayer is what we do. The most important thing about prayer for me is God does things in prayer that I'm convinced if we don't pray, he just might not do. He didn't have to. He didn't know anybody anything. Prayer is a willingness. It is a willingness that I choose. God doesn't make me pray. Now, he's wired me, so it just almost happens. You don't believe that, you know? As as Randy and I both like to say, well, you're getting wrecked. Because you get right in the middle of one, and all of a sudden, you hand, you're Lord, help. I'm not talking about that. God will listen. God's gracious. He's listening. I'm talking about prayer that transforms us and prepares us for the kingdom and for doing our part. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father in heaven, we love you, Father, for who you are. We don't know anybody else like you. We never heard of anybody else like you. There's not anybody else like you. You alone are God Almighty, and there is no other. You've given us, Father, as your adopted children through the blood of your Son, Jesus, you've given us a place to dwell in him. And within us, Father, you have created a place for him to dwell, and a place for you to dwell, Father, by your Spirit. And we pray, Father, that you glorify your name, that your name be be honored and exalted among all of your people, that the people of the earth see your people around them and they long for what we have, that we treat prayer, Father, not as a wish list, but as we help us, Father, to... To have an attitude toward prayer That it is time spent Very vulnerable and very humbled In your presence Sometimes Father I think we need to sit in your presence And we need to be silent As all the earth Should be silent Father Before you Help us to do that Father help us to sit there with you you paid the price for us to do so and help us in our mind, Father, to remember the price that you paid to bring us, to adopt us as your children, but most especially, Father, that you paid to bring us into your very intimate presence, into your throne room, into the place, Father, where Jesus is very actively our high priest, into the place where we have confidence that we might approach your throne of grace to receive mercy and to find oh, grace, God. Father, to help us in our time of need. You have created this for us. You have given us the right to approach you, to be humbled by the practice of it, yeah. to be intrigued and inspired, Father, by your, ans- by your answering. We thank you, Father, for answering all of our prayers, for hearing all of our prayers. You said you did. For answering them, Father. For answering them according to your will. We trust you to be the one who is eternal and knows everything and who is all-powerful. And we are the ones, Father, who want to be transformed by your presence and time spent there, Deliberately and intentionally and humbly. Please, Father, bless and guide us as we journey under the reign and the rule of Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that your kingdom come this day, this night, this coming week, if you allow it, this coming year, Father, if you allow that. Jesus to be king. Help him to be exactly who he is. Help him to be that in our minds, Father. It will rid us of the frustration and worry that come from many, many things. We love you, Father. We praise you for being the promise-keeping and faithful God that you are. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for answering it according to your will. If we see you're to understand it, Father, we will praise you again, for we well remember asking, seeking, and knocking. Grant us, Father, graciously, the persistence we need for the kingdom to be in our lives. It's Jesus' precious name we pray all these things now. Amen. Lord can't love you any more than he does. He cannot have set Jesus in any more powerful, authoritative position than he has, King of the Universe. And that king died and gave you the right to approach him. Would you approach him? You want the forgiveness of sin so you can be like God and offer other people forgiveness based on the same cross that forgave you? You, you want scripture to be alive and to mean something? You want prayer to be this transforming, this transforming thing in your life? Well, if we can help any of that take place, let us know now while we stand, while we sing.